This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast. The Drop is an unbiased, in-depth hockey podcast dedicated to the St. Louis Blues and all the hot topics within the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance DeScott. Welcome back for another episode of The Drop Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be recapping the Blue Sharks Round 3, Game 1, played in San Jose at the Shark Tank. But before we get into the highlights of the game, I want to talk about a few things that went on leading up to Game 1, some things that happened during Game 1 that had nothing to do with the scoring. I have never in my life seen NHL commentators, NHL personalities on NHL.com, NHL Network, Sportsnet, NBC Sports, ESPN. I've never seen them go on and on about how much a guy deserves the cup the way they're going on about Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton's a guy that scored a lot of points, but he's also a guy that has hurt several careers in the league with his cheap shots. He is a cheap shot artist, but the league keeps promoting this guy as somebody that's good for the league a good example for kids to look up to, just a great overall guy, and he's not. I think Blues fans can remember the hit on David Perron, and David Perron's never been the same since then. It took him a while to even get back to being a decent player. You don't celebrate guys like that that take cheap shots. You shouldn't celebrate guys like that. You want to celebrate a guy that plays tough, plays hard, and is physical, that's great. Celebrating. Nothing wrong with that. He has caused several concussions in his career by cheap shotting people. Not by just playing physical, but by cheap shots. And for all these networks, commentators, personalities to go on and on about how Jumbo Joe just deserves a Stanley Cup. He's never had an opportunity to win a cup. Huh. I guess he didn't have that opportunity in 2016 when he went to the Stanley Cup Finals. I guess they've just magically forgotten about that. Now let's get into the game. You all remember after the Dallas series in my last episode, I talked about the keys to the Blues winning. They needed to be physical with Carlson. They needed to stop Logan Couture, Timo Meyer, play strong defense, and take advantage of the scoring opportunities that they were given. In game one from the drop of the puck, I thought San Jose really dictated the play. The Blues were sloppy in my mind all night long. There are a lot of people that thought the Blues played pretty well, and they didn't. And one of the guys that I said the Blues needed to stop and really pressured him and play physical with him, Logan Couture gets the Sharks on the board early in the first period to take a one-to-nothing lead. Tarasenko as Petrangelo was knocked down. Here comes Nyquist moving in, slides it across, score, Couture! Timo Meyer knocks down. Petrangelo and off they go in a trick, terrific pass by Nyquist to Couture, who took the place of Joe Thornton while he was getting fixed up in the locker room. A terrific play by San Jose. Fantastic puck movement, turnover by Petrangelo in the neutral zone. And Logan Couture, he is a shark in the water. He smells blood every single time he's on the ice. He makes a difference. In this instance, San Jose took an opportunity the Blues gave them, and they scored on it. The Blues cannot continue to give them opportunities. This is going to be a short series. 
if they do that. That goal by Couture would be his 10th of the playoffs. Nyquist gets his 8th assist. Timo Meyer gets his 8th assist. And like I said, guys, these are the two guys that I think the Blues needed to focus on to make sure they won this series. And they combined on this goal, Couture and Timo Meyer. Three minutes, 31 seconds in, the Sharks are up one to nothing. The Blues would get a goal to tie it up nine minutes, 13 seconds in by Joel Edmondson. Now Tarasenko for Schwartz. Schwartz with room, shoots, scores! A big hit at one end. The Blues come down and tie the game at one. A little bit of displeasure here, but no whistle, and off they go the other way. And here you have Tarasenko with a good drop pass to Schwartz and go to the net is Edmondson just making enough of a distraction. I thought he had a pretty good look at that though, Pierre. I totally agree with you. It looks like it changed direction off of Joel Edmondson as it got to Martin Jones. Subtle little movement of the puck. I have no idea what the Sharks are booing about. Couture takes a hit, slides and falls. It wasn't a hit into the boards. It wasn't a hit that had an intent to injure. It was a clean hit. All night long in this game, any time San Jose got touched and the referees did not call a penalty, the Sharks fans booed. It just really shocked me that they would do that. But go back and watch some of the highlights and you'll see what I mean. A great pass from Tarasenko to Schwartz. Schwartz takes a shot. Edmondson heads to the net. Looks like it went off his leg and he gets his first goal of the playoffs. That assist for Schwartz would be his fourth, and Tarasenko gets his first assist. We are knotted up at one. The Blues take a penalty and give San Jose another opportunity that they can't afford to give, and it ends up with a power play goal by Joe Pavelski to make it two to one. Comes to Carlson, and then Burns straight away. Down low. Five on three is kind of tough. Great save by Bennington. And of course, Pavelski with those incredible hands makes this work on the rebound. Out of the air, nobody does it better. Look at the composure and the skill level of Joe Pavelski. Double tap for Joe Pavelski. Phenomenal power play goal. Yeah, there's time and space, but he got that twice before Petrangelo could get over. Bennington makes the initial save. The rebound comes out, and there's Joe Pavelski. It's really hard to defend against a five-on-three. That's why you cannot do it. You cannot continue to give teams opportunities, and the Blues continue to do that all night last night. That goal by Pavelski would be his fourth of the playoffs. Burns gets his 10th assist. Carlson gets his 13th assist. That defensive core is a two-headed monster with those two guys back there. The Blues actually outshot San Jose 10-9 in the first period. But don't be misled by that. The Blues played sloppy, and they gave San Jose opportunities to take advantage of that sloppiness. Going into the second period, the Blues really need to get this next goal. They cannot allow San Jose to go up 3-1. to one. But that's not what happened. San Jose would get the next goal 7 minutes, 41 seconds in. LeBanc down the left side. Cuts to the slot, shoots and scores! 3-1 San Jose! I think it's been more sloppy than Craig Berube would like by the St. Louis Blues. And they've got an opportunity, Edmondson does, but right to Joe Thornton. Then they get a lucky bounce. LeBanc just hangs onto it, gets pressure in the net from Sorensen, and rips a shot past Bennington. No chance for him right there through a ton of traffic. This game last night reminded me a lot of the Dallas series 
when the Blues were allowing Dallas just to come into their zone very easily. They allowed LeBanc to come in, get to the part of the ice where he wanted to go to get that shot, and he puts it past Jordan Bennington. Not a lot Bennington could do on that one, and the Sharks go up 3-1. to one. That goal by LeBanc would be his fourth of the playoffs. Joe Thornton gets his fifth assist, 7 minutes 41 seconds in. What is crazy about this game is, as sloppy as the Blues have played and as many mistakes that they've made, they're still in this game, especially after Ryan O'Reilly, about a minute and 17 after LeBanc's goal, gets his third goal of the playoffs to get the Blues back within one. Perron, towards the net, but tough angle. Now O'Reilly with the puck, he scores! It's now a 3-2 game. Ryan O'Reilly with his first goal in the last nine. Well, it's a terrific play by David Perron off the half wall and a great finish by Ryan O'Reilly. Ricochet goes to Perron, very patient with the puck, just looks people away. Burns doesn't get to him in time. He fires it on Jones. That's what they've been hoping for to get him back in the game, either O'Reilly or Tarasenko. In this case, it's Perron. Rebound to O'Reilly, nifty move and a huge goal. This is an example of hockey set. He knows he's got coverage. He goes behind the net. He shields himself away from coverage. It's the awareness and deception of O'Reilly that frees himself. That's Joe Thornton's man. Joe didn't read it properly. Some very steady play in the offensive zone by David Perron. Puts the puck on net, which you got to do a lot of times. You never know what's going to happen. And what happened here? Ryan O'Reilly's right there for the rebound. Puts it past Jones, and the Blues are back in this one at 3-2. to two. That goal would be O'Reilly's third of the playoffs. Perron gets his fourth assist. Sammy Blay gets his first assist. However, the happiness would not last very long. It became the Timo Meyer show after this. He would get two goals to put the Sharks in a commanding lead at 5-2. to two. The midway point of period two. Here is Meyer around Bob Easter to the net. He scores a spectacular goal for two Sharks. Turnovers will kill you. And this is a big-time turnover by Colton Pareko, who gets back-checked here, by, or poke-checked here by Couture. And then off to the races goes Meyer with a spectacular move. Meyer through the wickets there at Bowmeister, beats him one-on-one, -on -one and then beats Bennington to finish it off. That's a discouraging goal for St. Louis. On their skates, here is Vlasic shooting wide. Score! After Vlasic missed the net, it is Meyer, his second of the period. This is a very fortunate goal for Timo Meyer and a very unfortunate goal for St. Louis. And the redirection goes wide right off of Vince Dunn, off the backside of Bennington and into the net. That hurts. Timo Meyer has just been a godsend for the San Jose Sharks team. Bad defensive play on that first Timo Meyer goal. Sloppiness all around. Second goal by Meyer, just a bad unlucky bounce. He gets two goals, five to two Sharks. Those goals were Meyer's fourth and fifth of the playoffs. The first one is at 10 minutes, 24 seconds in. Logan Couture gets his sixth assist on that one. The second one was 17 minutes, 34 seconds in. Vlasic gets his fourth assist and Nyquist gets his ninth assist. San Jose only outshot the Blues 11-9 in this period, which goes to show you how sloppy the Blues played. If they would have just cut down on the mistakes, this would have been a much, much closer game, and they may have even been able to come back and win it. Going into the third period, the Blues had some times where they looked pretty good. 
and they would get back within two at five to three on a goal by Tyler Bozak. Maroon out in front and a save by Jones on Bozak. Bozak with it again. He scores. This is a line that usually gets it going for the St. Louis Blues. They have speed with Thomas. They've got size with Maroon. And they've got brains and finishing ability with Bozak. And Bozak takes advantage of the opportunity. But it was all forced with Robert Thomas's speed, the size of Maroon, and the finish by Bozak, Mike. Yeah, a, a couple of pretty good stops by Jones, and he almost gets this one. He gets a piece of it off his bad, but not enough of it to prevent it from going in. And Some great work on that goal by Bozak and Maroon. Maroon has the puck behind the net, gets it to Bozak. Bozak takes the initial shot. Jones makes the save. It goes back to Maroon. Bozak slides to the stick side of Jones, puts it past him, and the Blues are back within two. That goal by Bozak would be his third of the playoffs. Maroon gets his second assist. Dunn gets his fifth assist, 13 minutes, one second in. Sad to say that's as close as the Blues would get. Logan Couture would add an empty net goal, and the final score was 6-3. to three. Let's go ahead and head to the stats of the game. Shots on goal, 31 for the Blues. The Sharks had 25. The Sharks won the faceoff battle 58% to 43%. They were 1-4 for four on the power play. The Blues power play struggles continue. They were 0-1. The Blues out hit the Sharks 41 to 35, and I'm going to get into a little bit about that physicality after the interviews. The Sharks out blocked the Blues 14 to 12, and the Blues had 12 giveaways to the Sharks 7. Let's go ahead and head to the post-game interviews. We're going to hear from Perron, Bennington, Maroon, and then in the interview part with Coach Craig Berube. What do you guys want to do differently in game two? Stay out of box and uh, get to our game more like there wasn't. Uh, like I think all four lines did some good things uh, at times, but it wasn't line after line, so we got to be better for that. Forwards and defensemen just maybe not connected last night. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, again, like same type of answer. Like I really think that there was some good things, uh, just not enough of it, and they were the better teams. And it's game one, so we have to uh, make a few adjustments. But I think it's it's on each uh, individual to. To bring it and, and be a little bit better. How do you bring that energy from the third period a little bit earlier into the game, maybe to start game two? Yeah, no, I, I think you. We all have to be better. It's uh, again, it's just game one. Uh, there's no panic in here, but game, I mean, the third period, like they're up five two, so I think it's going to be a different period for sure. And we got to find a way when the score is tight to to bring the same type of things. David, there was a lot of uh, chippiness in the game, some after the whistle yeah. stuff. What do you have to say about that? I think you're just trying to build the series when uh, when you see the score get out of hand a little bit. Um, trying to create a spark uh, to to change the, the momentum, maybe that game, and who knows what, what happens. You get a power play, whatever, out of it, and you, you score. As, as you've seen uh, pretty closely with the Vegas uh, series, you never know what can happen when there's a power play. So um, I was trying to do that, many guys were. and. Um, I think if you if the score was tight, yeah, maybe you don't see that uh, as much. David, what happened on the high stick to the face, and what did they say to you? I mean, I don't know. I don't really know. It was at least two or three seconds after the whistle, so obviously uh, I wasn't expecting. Uh, it's not like he got me a whole lot, but he did get me, so I, it caught me off guard. And um, they were trying to say I, I sold it. I, I mean, he got me. I don't know what else to say. So. Uh, 
With how effective Hurdle is on draws, how important is it for the wingers to get involved? Yeah, there? I, I think with O'Reilly playing, uh, well, it seemed like they, they got him uh, against O'Reilly a lot, So and I've been on his line. Um, there's a couple pucks that kind of went through my feet, so i got to do a better job for him to, again, I, pr I try and find a way to win like five draws for my for my center each and every night, and um, I, I don't think I did that last night. David, do you see yourself as maybe a mentor to some of these younger guys who haven't gone this far in the playoffs before? It's it's a different run every single year, but yeah, like I, I do feel more relaxed, more poised uh, this year than I did uh, last year, or I think even in previous years. So it's nice to have some experience in, in, in those situations, and uh, yeah, I think you can. I did find that we were unsettled a little bit at the start of the game um, with the things the way it happened. They score an early goal, a uh, couple power plays against, things like that. And uh, yeah, we have to find some some uh, composure through those situations. You've played well on the road all season and in the playoffs. What uh, was it yesterday? Was it stuff they were doing or just stuff you guys weren't doing or a combination? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. They're a great team, uh, but um, I, I did think that some of the goals we, we gave to them and. Uh, but the, those chances, they put them in the back of that. So it created to them. It was a good experience for the Shark Tank, and obviously uh, they came out hard, and um, they're a highly skilled team, so something to learn from. What's your biggest takeaway from what you saw last night and the way they were bringing it at you guys? Um, I think obviously they're opportunistic. They got a strong power play, and um, they played a great game, and uh, I think uh, we can be better, and I think we will be. And um, Yeah, that's it. First time you guys have trailed in the series in the playoffs. Jordan, does it feel any different when you're trying to come from behind? Uh, no. You know, it's the same thing. One game at a time and prepare the same way and, um, you know, stay composed and see what happens. How have you been able to respond so well after losses, particularly? It seems like you lose one and that's it. You don't lose two in a row very often. Uh, you know, it goes back to that point. Just preparing the same way and uh, sometimes it's not going to go your way and you just handle it and you keep moving forward. Jordan, anything about their, their play or style of play surprise you guys at all or was it pretty much what you expected? Um, yeah, I don't know. We haven't played them in a while so um, kind of feel it out a little bit there but uh, no, I think uh, we understand their game and you know we just got to focus on what we can control and that's our game and the way we play and um, just believe in our systems and believe in each other, and I think we'll be all right. How tough is it to face a like a five-on-three almost just like ten minutes into the game? Yeah, it's not that fun, but uh, you know, obviously with the caliber of players on their team, especially, but you know, it's part of hockey, and uh, I got to be there to make those saves and, and give the team a chance to win. Jordan Craig said last night there was. No chance he was going to take you out after that second period. Maybe just to kind of give you a mental reprieve there. Do you appreciate that, or did you want to stay and finish that game last night? Yeah, I was, uh, I was happy. I wanted to. I wanted to feel it out. You know, that was uh, that was an experience for me, and it's game one, and uh, it's a series. So um, we'll see where we go from here. Jordan, you said yesterday you never played. What, what do you get after one game? What can you tell that you know? that will help you moving forward. Is there much you can learn in one game about just how it plays? And does it make a difference having a feel for it now? Um, yeah, I guess we'll see. But uh, obviously, the boards are pretty bouncy, and uh, as we saw in the second period there. And um, it's loud, and uh, it's exciting. So it's a fun place to play. And um, I'm looking forward to the next game.
that ability to shelve what happened in the last game and just forget about it instantly, where does that come from? And is that sort of something that all goalies have to have in their, in their toolbox? You know, goals are going to go in. Um, I think especially at this point in your career, you've played a decent amount of games and you've lost some games and it's just, you know, one game at a time and things can change quickly. So uh, just be prepared, uh, as prepared as you can for, for what's to come and see how you handle it. After a game like that, what's, what's your routine in terms of going over either video or just conversing with your coaching staff, video staff, about ways to learn from, from those goals last night? I'll watch the highlights and nothing too crazy. Uh, don't overthink it. Just, you know, stick to your game and do what's gotten you to this point kind of thing. We gave them everything. I thought I thought we didn't play our game, but, you know, they capitalized on their turnovers and their chances and they buried them. So, uh those are easy fixes, and we just got to get back to work. I thought in the third period we got got to a game, and you can see uh, what we did to them. You guys bounced back pretty good after a game like that. What is it about having that short memory with this group? I just think it's over. You know, just throw it out. Um, nothing you can do about it. Um, you know, you're going to have bad games. Teams are going to play good, and throughout the series, and uh, I thought. It wasn't that we worked hard. I thought the first period was pretty good, but just costly turnovers at certain times that they capitalized on. And uh, this is a team that bounced back, and we find ways to fix our game and elevate our game and, um, you know, try to do things to uh, get our team back to where it needs to be. Seems like every night your line mate, Robert Thomas, does something that just makes everybody go, wow, last night he had the between the legs move. How impressed are you with the teenager here in the playoffs? Uh, very impressed. Um, He's a very high, talented, skilled player that's going to be really good in this league for a long time, and I'm very proud of him. He's really came out of his shell, and he's really uh, brought the best out of himself, you know, playing with a load of confidence that maybe in the beginning of the year he, he didn't have. Maybe he was just trying to be comfortable around the guys, but he's been a heck of a player for us down the stretch. He's been our most consistent player probably throughout the playoffs, so I'm very happy for him, and he's only going to get better. You mentioned the third period. Is, is that the blueprint for a better game, too, do you think, the way you guys played in the third? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's not like we thought we didn't play that bad, but I thought just costly turnovers, like I said. But third period, I thought that was us getting below the top of the circles, making the D turn, holding pucks. I thought uh, in the first, we didn't really have that sustained pressure as they did. So uh, we, got, we got to our game in the third. And we started doing it a little bit in the second you know, towards the end of the second period. So that's that's how we play. Just got to find ways to get to that. Matt Shinnington's made so many big saves for you guys, and a number of the guys last night talk about you just kind of left him on an island last night. So it's just as simple as you got to be better in front of him? Yeah, we do. Uh, I mean, that Pavelski goal could have won either way. You know what I mean? Big save on the five on three, and he batted out of the air, and that's probably why he's one of the best players in that front. But, um yeah, we just left him out to dry. He made some really key saves at really key moments, I thought, yesterday, too. So um, he's nothing really seems to bother him, so we're not really worried about that. I think kind of one goes off the skate. We gave him a two-on-one, I mean, five-on-three goal. So, I mean, there's nothing really you can do. He didn't really, you know, so I thought he made some really good saves. I thought he was really good again, but we just left him out to dry. You guys feed off of that calm demeanor of him when you talk about nothing seems to really bother him? Yeah, I think so. I think everyone feeds off him. The way he's handled himself since he's stepped foot in that NHL locker room, I mean, it's been unbelievable. Uh, he's only, nothing really seems to phase him. He's got that swagger. He's got the confidence. And, 
it, it shows and it, and it carries into the team and, and how he plays and how we play. I'm not asking you to evaluate Vladdy, but there's been stretches this year when he's 200 feet, he's totally engaged, and it seems like it's contagious to the rest of the team. How much do you need to, to have that happen? Vladdy's been great. Um, he's been great for us all playoffs. Uh, he's our leader for a reason. I don't think, I don't know what you want me to answer there, Jeremy, but I just think he's been great for us. He's going to continue to be good. Uh, you know, sometimes top players get shut down. So, I mean, that's part of the game, if, if that's what you're asking me about yesterday. But, uh, but I thought their line did good. They chipped in. They scored a couple goals. So, I mean, he's, he's a viable player for this team, and he's, he's an elite player for a reason, and we're not too worried about it. He's going to continue to play and lead this team by example. Um, we turn puck over. We, I mean, they do a good job, that team. They hound pucks, and they're, they're, they're tight on you. But uh, we self, it was self-inflicted, I thought, on our part, turning pucks over in bad times. Were they uh, just bad? Some bad decision making. Um, well, it's bad. It's it's a little bit of both. Bad decision making and not enough puck support. Um, I thought we were spread out too much in the game. Um, put our defense in a tough position a lot of times. Again, they're uh, they're they're a good team. They're a hard forechecking team. They surround the puck with numbers, and if you don't have numbers in there, you know you're going to turn the puck over. You gave a lot of big hits to, to start the game. Was it maybe a little too much that maybe focus was? to give that big hit sometimes? Um, I don't think so. I think the hits are there and we're going to be physical. I think you got to be physical. And But at the same time, um, you know, we don't want to be running around and just trying to hit. You got to play the game and you got to play the game with the puck. We didn't have the puck enough. And uh, when we did have it, we, did, we gave it back to him too easily. You know Tarasenko pretty well. Are you confident he's going to be able to bounce back quickly in this series? Who? Tarasenko. Is he going to bounce back? Late. First game was not his strongest game. So. Well, it wasn't a strong game for anybody. So I'm not going to focus on one guy. It's a team game. Is your third period effort last night something you'd like to recreate for the start well, of the game? Well, it's too? better. We, we, we ended up uh, doing some good things in the offensive zone, getting their um, numbers on the puck. Just, you know, that's how you got to play, and that's how we play, and that's how you got to play against this team. But it was a little too late. Craig, how do you, how do you get more support? You got to skate without the puck, and you know you can't watch. You got to skate without the puck, and you got to get there. You got to anticipate. Again, they that team's gonna have two to three guys on the puck everywhere, and if you got to skate to get there, and you got to anticipate without the puck, you got to work harder without the puck. But in terms of what they do offensively, it's not that you haven't seen either. In terms of the transition game, some of the no, it's nothing we haven't seen. Um, I don't think that was a big issue. Um, there wasn't a lot of scoring chances either way. And the ones that they got were forced from turnovers, and we gave it to them. But uh, they don't do anything differently that way. How early in the game, you guys got to a pretty quick start in terms of a good board check, that sort of thing. But then it kind of changed early on. Was it the turnovers, or what changed early in the game? You guys yeah, I thought our first shift was really good. The first few shifts I thought were good. We had good momentum there. Um, got in on the forward check, uh, got a couple opportunities. Um, but again, I think that our transition game was not very good, and that's where we got into trouble. They, they've got a real good neutral zone. You know, there's, they got numbers back, and we didn't skate with the, with the puck, and we didn't get it in deep enough. And, you know, now, you know, you're, you get caught in a three-quarter ice game. Now they're punting it back, and they're coming at us. So we've got to do a better job through the neutral zone. 
Greg, I understand what you just said. You're not going to focus on one guy. We've seen stretches this year where Vladdy is really, really engaged, and then times when he's not. How do you get him engaged? And is there something Vlasic's doing? It seems like over the years Vlasic's kind of had his number. Um, well, I don't know about the, the Vlasic thing because I wasn't here. And, um, but yeah, Vladdy's got to work without the puck a lot harder, and he will, and he's got to get more involved. That's, you can't just wait for things to happen, especially in the playoffs. You've got to go get it, and you've got to go make it yourself. So it's about working, and it's about working with your line. Again, I'll stress it again, we need three guys around the puck. Craig, what is it about Bennington's makeup that coming off a loss almost every time he's found a way to answer the bell? I think he, you know, he's got a calm head, and I think he forgets about, you know, and moves on. I think he's been doing that all year. Um, you know, he doesn't get rattled about that, and he, you know, wasn't a great game for anybody. And um, again, we just got to move on. We got to learn from it, uh, make some corrections. He do, he'll do the same thing, and he just moves on. Forget that first goal when, when Petro gets knocked down. Any thoughts that it should be a penalty call there? What, what did you see? He got knocked down. It's not a penalty. It's a puck. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, a, it's just a hard play by them, and they capitalized on that and they scored in a two-on-one. We've talked a lot about Chris Inkler doing more than just scoring, kind of becoming a more all-around player. But can you guys get to where you want to go if he's not getting you know, a significant amount of shots? I think he had one shot in the last game. Is that, do you no, like him now? Well, we definitely need him to do more offensively for sure um, and create more opportunities in scoring. Um, but not just him. We need our, our top lines, our top guys to create chances and get chances and produce. That's, that's the way the, the, the game is in the league, you know. So he definitely has to do more along with other guys. Uh, Timo Meyer, what is it about him that makes him so effective? Well, he's, he's, actually, he's, uh, he's a heavy guy. Like he's um, strong on the puck and takes the puck to the net. Little things like that that he does uh, very well, protects the puck well. Um, as do a lot of their guys. They're very good at protecting pucks, taking pucks to the net, little things like that. They do a good job tipping pucks. That's what makes them effective. I will definitely agree with Craig Berube on that. San Jose has to be one of the best teams in the league at redirecting pucks. They've got Carlson and Burns on that line, and they're good at putting the puck where they need to put it to allow those great tip-in opportunities. The part of this game that's frustrating, and I said it earlier, the Blues played sloppy, but they were in the game at 3-2. to two. It may have been a totally different story if they would have cut down on the mistakes. You cannot make mistakes in the playoffs. It hurt them in the first round when they made mistakes in that loss, that 6-3 to three loss to the Jets. And it hurt them in the second round. That's why the series went seven games. It was due to some bad mistakes, some mental errors by the Blues. Going into the second game, if they cut down on their mistakes and continue to be physical with Carlson and stop Timo Meyer and Couture, they're going to have a great chance of winning. And speaking of Carlson, after the game, the Sharks complained to the refs about how physical the Blues were with poor little Carlson. They were too physical. They were taking liberties with him. I've never heard a team complain after they win. And according to sources that I know, the NHL told them that they're going to take care of it. What the heck does that mean, they're going to take care of it? I thought you were supposed to call a game evenly. If a team's physical and they're clean hits, you don't take care of anything. So I hope the Blues continue to be physical 
and aren't afraid to give those big hits and punish the Sharks players. If they can do that and cut down on the mistakes, the Blues will win game two. I want to thank everybody for joining me for this episode of The Drop. Until next time, let's go Blues! Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Drop Podcast. To get more of The Drop, check out our website at droppodcast.com. You can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, and the iHeartRadio app. You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at Drop Hockey Show. You can email the Drop Podcast or host Lance DeScott at lanced at droppodcast.com. To find out more about Lineup Media, go to lineupmedia.fm. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.